welcome to season two of the Linfit Coaching Podcast. I'm your coach, Caleb Lynn, and I'm excited to get into this second season here. And we're starting off this first episode with Dr. Mitch Keating. He is an expert in what he does in the field of sports chiropractic. And sports chiropractic is not just limited to manual adjustments of the, of the spine, uh, but it's also getting significantly more in the field of rehab sports rehab, uh, movement assessment, and soft tissue health, um, improving the way that the body is moving and the tissues are moving so that uh, you can catch problems before they, be, they become pain. So Dr. Keating, based in Manhattan, Kansas, has been working with some of the best up-and-coming athletes who are going from Division I sport at Kansas State University and going into Olympic level sports, professional level sports in the field, uh, multiple different sports. Uh, but also he works with the, the common man, the person who wants to maximize their health in the way they feel and they function every day. And so he has a vast experience um, in the years that he's been practicing. He's only leveling up himself every single month and year. He's an avid learner and that's why I love talking with him. That's why we are such good friends going way back into our college days. We both just want to level up our experience and that's what LinFit is about, just leveling it up. And so today we're doing more of a macro conversation about how everything is tied to everything, about how the central nervous system influences everything and how just those small signals can um, turn into need to address your load, your recovery, or working on the, the small things that help you be at your best day to day. We're talking about our own experiences and what we're learning. And so I'm excited to jump into this conversation here. I'm excited for you to listen to it. And in future episodes, we are definitely going to dive into deeper uh, topics on specific things like specific rehab for specific recurring injuries like hamstring injuries or shoulder injuries or ankle injuries, calf injuries, stuff that we run into all the time in our different practices and our different fields, but we support each other. It's a it's a field of health that we want to grow and develop. It's a, it's a field of performance and athlete management and even just uh, helping people to uh, better themselves and whatever they're doing and whatever, whatever they're wanting to perform in. Um, and so, and real quick, before we jump into this, I want to just ask you if you'd be willing to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. Give us a rating, leave a comment and feedback. Uh, the more five-star ratings we get, the better uh, this podcast gets out there to help more people. And that's really why we're doing it, to get this information out there to help as many people as we can. But like it, subscribe it, give us a rating. And if you really want to dive into our services at LinFit Coaching, I do in-person coaching um, in India where I am. But we're growing our online remote coaching services where we're really expanding the number of athletes and sports that, that I serve. And we'll definitely need to be bringing on more coaches in the future to work together in this LinFit coaching platform where we really try to get deeper in our assessment, have good programming and daily maintenance protocols to help you to manage your fitness as much as you can if you're in a place where you don't have a highly qualified coach to work with you in person. Um, and so we want to provide that to and have a wider reach to more people and continue to level up the, the service that people are receiving, the detail that goes into managing their lifestyle of fitness so they can always be leveling up. And so if that interests you, then visit linfit.com uh, or you can contact me at caleb.linfit on Instagram. 
Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy this conversation with me and Dr. Keating. Last time we got together, this was, this was a great topic. We ended up talking a little bit about like youth sports, high school and stuff, because you've worked with a lot of high schools. Um, but sure. um, stuff has changed in your life since uh, last time we talked. You've gotten deeper and deeper into ART. You're just a, you're really good at what you do. And, uh, but you've worked with more and more with, you know, Division One athletes at Kansas State University. Uh, you know, as your base in Manhattan there. And now, I mean, a lot of those players are going pro, right? Yeah. Um, have been fortunate to the guys at K-State that I have worked with, a lot of them have been um, some of their studs. So, you know, team captains and guys that are getting invited to the combine. And, um, you know, I think there's two or three guys, three guys in the league right now um, that I've worked with in the NFL. And, there should be probably another three uh, this coming spring that are in the NFL. And um, I don't think, I don't think I'd been to the Olympic trials with track and field the last time we talked, I think that was right before that. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I had some cool opportunities, very fortunate and blessed to have had that. But um, I, it, what it does is it makes you get better. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to work <laughs> with guys, it's like, you got to be able to, to deliver, um, Dr. Moreau, who worked with Team USA, had a comment that I thought was good. And he said, if you're going to work with an athlete, you better have the tools that they need. Um, And so, you know, obviously, ART is a a big part of, you know, what I do and um, have taken a lot of new coursework with that. So, Yeah, dude, I'm fascinated by the the ART stuff that you've been doing Um, because that is it's it's a method uh, that has gotten more and more popular. Uh, around rehab circles, around um, athlete management, or a couple of decades, right? Um, yeah. But uh, it's uh, like, what's that been like? Like, what have you been learning recently in, a- in ART? Well, I think ART is utilized in every football um, setting in the professional level, every baseball team. Um, all the Olympic athletes have, you know, accessibility to an ART provider. Um, I think I heard, and this is somewhat of a rumor, but I heard that either all or nearly all of the Big Ten colleges have ART providers on staff uh, just because of the success rates that they see in treating soft tissue and repetitive injuries. Um, ART at its basics is, is kind of a diagnostic protocol and a treatment um, kind of all lumped together. And so it's incredibly specific. Um, it's incredibly effective. Uh, but the specificity that you can utilize in treating soft tissue injuries is different than any other manual or, or soft tissue treatment option that I've seen. Um, and so, you know, they have 700 protocols plus to treat tissue in the body, whether that is nerve or muscles or joints. Um, and then a lot of their new level two stuff, which I, I probably started right before we spoke last time. Um, and have since kind of completed with them is talking about treating the borders or um, the boundaries that tissues share. And so, you know, your bicep runs under your deltoid. And so there's a, a interface where those two tissues have to move past each other. And if you have a restriction there, it's going to change movement patterns. It's going to change output. It's going to create pain in that area. And so a lot of their level two protocols is um, focused or are focused on 
addressing that interface or that border. So you're treating two tissues at once, uh, trying to improve the relative motion between them. So it's, I mean, the fun part is, is like things like tennis elbow are simple. We know what they are, but just because they're simple doesn't mean like they're incredibly easy to fix all the time. And so a lot of this level two stuff has made um, some of those more frustrating cases uh, much more manageable and, and the recovery times have decreased in the clinic. So um, always learning with them. I think, you know, that's, that's a benefit of being around providers that are passionate about improving. So. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, I think it's amazing. What I love about ART is, is that you, yeah, you get deep into the tissues, but you, you do it with motion. Um, right. And so it's just like getting the body moving through its, its natural ranges of motion, uh, helping improve that and getting full expression of range of motion, helping to release those tissues, improve that relationship with them. So, um, and you got the strongest hands ever. <laughs> since you're yeah, it, such a manual provider right yeah if my body was proportional to my hand strength i'd be just ripped out of my mind so <laughs> <laughs> no um but you know i think that and it's interesting in your sphere of influence and in your work kind of environment you see repetitive injuries all the time yeah you know i mean that's that's a lot of what you see and so I think repetitive injury is something that's becoming increasingly more studied. Um, would you say that's a pretty high percentage of the overall injuries that you see with the badminton team or with the Academy? Yeah. Um, yeah. In general, like across the board, our injuries have come down. Our significant injuries have come down um, in the last year and a half, but yet the, the people who are getting injured have, been the same people it's repetitive injuries for those people but a lot of what we're really trying to improve at is our load management um, and our communication with players like people need to and this isn't just for our players this is for people worldwide like people need to know that it's it, it doesn't have to be normal to live with pain um, if you get and pain is a lagging indicator like if you're starting to feel stiff um or like restricted and that's usually a precursor to feeling pain you know um and so or if you're just feeling like oh man i'm just feeling beat up like that doesn't mean you should just go and push all out um, yeah i think that's so. a really good point um uh, you know repetitive injury by the time you have pain it's obvious it's overuse it's you know oh we've been doing this too much or your volume's too high um, but a lot of what I talk with, you know, some of the more elite athletes, cause they're so in tune with how they feel is, well, here's an example. I had a tight end from K-State that came in and said, doc, when I come off my route and I cut left, I'm explosive. I feel fast and it's smooth. And when I come off my stem and I cut right running a route, it doesn't hurt, but I feel slow <laughs> and it doesn't feel fluid. And I just feel like I'm sticky, you know? And so we start working him and, and the leg that he is planning on, we find some restriction in the foot and, and in between some of the muscle tendons and structures down there, he just doesn't have, or he didn't have the appropriate, you know, movement of the tissue or the relative motion in between those structures. And so we treated that one time. He went and practiced the next day, came back two days later. He goes, it's better. It's gone. And so, you know, <laughs> I think he was, he was getting, 
in that specific case, he's getting overuse of tendons and, and tissue that's creating inflammation. It's creating kind of a restriction or a scar tissue buildup in between those structures. And if it's left long enough, then it becomes, you know, painful or hypoxic and, and then it's really impacting performance. And so, you know, when we're talking about management of the, the body in the office. You know, I, I tell people, tell people their, their focus isn't on pain anymore. It's on recovery and it's on performance. And if one of those two is off, you need to make a note of what is going on or what is different side to side. Um, I think that's from a clinical standpoint on my side, if that pairs well with load management, which is the world that you live in, I think then you have a huge impact on these athletes, but oftentimes one or both of those sides of the coin are lacking and they're just ticking time bombs. So that's, yeah, that's fascinating because like, yeah, there's, there's like an example that tight end you're working with. There's, there's no pain, but he doesn't, he doesn't feel normal. Something's off in his game. Like, cutting to one side is fine. Cutting the other side isn't fine. And that's, that's, what's amazing is like, okay, your body's smart. Um, and whenever something isn't firing a hundred percent, it will like automatically downregulate your ability to really stress those tissues. So it's like a nervous system downregulation. It's like, Oh, I'm not going to let you cut full power right. to the right because you're there's something going on on your left leg that needs to be addressed and it's, that's a, that's a signal that a smart athlete was smart enough to reach out to you like i don't feel right like can you check and see if there's something going on so that's fascinating yeah. that just kind of comes back to the nervous system right yeah and and i think we've just been conditioned across the board to be like if I'm not in pain, nothing's wrong. And there's tons of studies that show by the time that we are in pain, tissue is operating at roughly 40% of its capacity. Wow. And so from an injury standpoint, it's like you've had dysfunction or, or this tight end has been struggling all season to go to the right, but he's had no pain. That tissue damage is already occurring. It's just not at the level that it's creating a stimuli to the brain saying, Hey, we've got pain here now. Um, so, you know, and this is kind of a different topic, but the reverse is true as well. You know, oh, I'm 80%. I have no pain. I must be better. And they start loading tissue and then they get re-injured. It's like sometimes metrics that aren't subjective have to be utilized, you know, to gauge if an athlete's ready to come back. You know, maybe their movement pattern still looks a little wonky and, and that's an indication enough to just hold them for a little while. So, but back to your point about the nervous system, it's like, his nervous system, that tight end's nervous system is sending input that is altered from that tissue. So that tissue's damaged. The, the nerve signals that are going to the brain and spinal cord are different in tissue that's irritated. And so the brain calculates all that and the output's different. So I guarantee if we had a clock on that guy, he's much faster going left than he was right because he felt slow. And to your point, that's the brain down-regulating that, it's changing that and say, we're going to stay off of that tissue so that it doesn't get worse. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. I mean, like in your, in your practice, uh, being in sports chiropractic, um, and I think uh, it's beyond just chiropractic since you're in the ART field, it's, you're in, you're a legit sports rehab professional. Um, and 
even just performance maintenance, I would say. Uh, like you can catch stuff before it's a problem, before a player is removed from play. Um, before the the average person who's listened to this and wanting to like better themselves, like before you have debilitating something to, that debilitates you from doing or being who you want to be, uh, you're able to catch those things. Um, but being a professional who's it's front, it starts from the central nervous system, the brain and spinal cord, and everything branches out from there. Like, how does that help you see movement differently? How does that affect the way that you approach uh, rehab? Well, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is while problems often have simple solutions or components to them, the problem itself is incredibly complex. <laughs> like yeah. the, the solution may be easy, but the problem itself is multifactorial, right? There's, there's different things that are contributing to that tissue health, um, you know, nervous system integration, whether that's movement control or, or sensory input, whatever that may be. And so I, I think the obvious is when you have an injury, you have to look at all that stuff. Um, the piece that I've seen with some of these elite athletes is that fatigue of that is sneaky. You know, if, if their nutrition is trash, if their recovery is low or their, or their workout volume and load is high, you know, one of the, one of the two in that scenario, um, if their mental stress is high, there's, there's things that are going to create CNS fatigue um, and that fatigue is going to impact the body as a whole performance wise tissue quality, movement, efficiency, power output, all of those things can be impacted. And I think the really cool thing that I saw presented to me, and I can't find the study I've looked, um, but it was presented in a study or in a seminar, rather a doc was talking about delayed onset muscle soreness and forever and ever that's been understood as, you know, just damage to the muscle and the, the, metabolic changes that are there. Um, but this study showed that some of that soreness could be nervous system damage or fatigue. And so locally in the muscle is, is the, is the nerve fibers getting, you know, sore basically, and, and creating some of that exacerbated soreness with, you know, DOMS several days later, I think more research needs to be done on that, but at least they're looking at, you know, the entire impact of the CNS. Um, I think the fatigue factor is huge and that is something that is missed in a lot of the athletes. I'm sure that's something that it, you see all the time, uh, highly competitive athletes, yeah. high training volume. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like me, like being in the, the badminton world, it's very high training volume, very high impact. Uh, and with any professional sport, you're kind of playing with the, the nice edge, you know, how far can you push yourself without getting hurt? Uh, but if you like don't train enough, like if you're too careful, then you're not going to be, you know, a champion. So you're, you're pushing, how far can I go without falling over the edge? Um, and so it's a challenge of like, yes, you, you have to be smart about your load management, which we're trying to leverage objective data. Like many of our uh, top players, we're, we're using Whoop and we're really leveraging sleep and HRV to see how ready they are to train every day, uh, to see how taxed is the CNS because HRV can be a really 
a significant sign of how ready they are. Like if your CNS is super fatigued, then your HRV is going to tank. Um, so trying to leverage things like that, but you know, even prioritizing sleep for all of our players, like if, uh, your sleep debt is high, um, or you're not getting a certain baseline, then we can't expect you to have any accuracy or have any ability to take on significant load multiple days in a row, maybe one or two days you can manage it, but then you're going to have to be off or have significantly less load. So we're trying to, to manage these things uh, because whenever you're, we see players getting under-recovered or significantly taxed from very high intensity, like repetitive, high impact movements or, you know, really high muscle recruitment type movements, uh, we find that they will get little niggle stiffness yeah. stuff that keeps them from playing their best, uh, decreased ability to train or significant mental fatigue. They just can't mentally push themselves. They're not motivated anymore uh, yeah, because they're I, just not fresh. I think the mental component of that is been the most striking thing that I've seen with these athletes. It's not, I mean, they come in beat up every once in a while and that's okay. I, I mean, they're, they're aware of that you're managing that. Um, that's something that playing sports often creates, even if they're not in a CNS deficit, but the mental thing I, I've seen athletes a couple of times, they just come in, they look defeated and it's somebody that's just, you know, number one in the world or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to eat a lot <laughs> and, and push calories and you need to get some sleep and detrain for a couple of days. And, you know, try and, and get some of the, the mental component back on that. I, I think that's a very sneaky sign for people and it's often missed. Oh, I'm just having a down day or I'm having a, you know, a rough week, stressful week. And it's like, no, you can, if you coach these athletes, if you work with these athletes, you can tell when they have a down week and then when something they're just shot, you know? Yeah, it's fascinating. Like we it, whenever you're really trying to optimize your health, for anybody it's true you, you kind of have to look at everything big picture because stress is cumulative it comes from every direction right and so if you're trying to be your best if your nutrition's off or your sleep is off that's going to affect your ability to perform at whatever you do uh if your load is too high it might mess up a lot of other things uh if your emotional stress is super high from lifestyle circumstances then that can mess up your ability to perform. It can mess up your nutrition choices, mess up your sleep. Everything's interconnected. We're a system of systems and yeah, you, uh, you treat the person, so you stuff don't doesn't treat the function apart from one another. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, it's 100% true. And I think in the training, um, you know, strength training and, and coaching industry, it's missed in the healthcare field. It's missed. We take, Again, we take a incredibly complex problem and we offer simple solutions. And a lot of times that works, but we ignore some of the pieces that are contributing to that. So, yeah. What are some, what's some stuff that you're really loving what you're learning uh, in your practice or, or as you get deeper into ART? You know, I, I've really started to love challenging cases. I, I mean, I've always enjoyed that, but it's like, you want to fix stuff that maybe 
hasn't been able to be fixed, right? And so I've had some cases that are way out there lately, and, and that's always fun to kind of put your detective hat on and, you know, start finding clues. Um, but something that this fall that's really been, I don't know, enjoyable or, or refreshing is the number of athletes that we're working on um, that are really focusing on exactly what you and I are talking about. You know, how can I help prevent injury? How can I help them perform and how that, how can I help them recover? And the fun part for me is that I feel like you're, I'm fully utilizing my skill set, not just from a treatment standpoint, but from an education standpoint, it's like, how can you help that person understand their body better? How can they make better nutrition, um, you know, application to support their goals? How can we change their sleep patterns? Um, you know, how can we decrease their mental stress on that and strain? And I, and I think part of that passion has honestly stemmed out of COVID. Everybody's mental stuff went through the roof. Their training volume was different. And so it, it's forced me in some ways to adapt. Um, and it's probably taken me a little, you know, bit of time to kind of get used to discussing some of that with the normal patients. And that's kind of carried over into the more athletic population that I work with. And um, but it's been rewarding because you come in, like I had a patient today, last week, she's been fighting, um, chronic stuff for two years and high dose pain medication. And, and she's only 39 and it's kind of sad, right? At 39, you shouldn't be fighting this. And the frustrating thing is on the imaging, she doesn't have anything major wrong. And so we've started giving her some exercise and we've given her some treatment, obviously in the office and, and doing some manipulation, adjusting and doing some ART. Um, but I made a recommendation to her the other day cause she's never outside to start supplementing vitamin D and that was seven days ago. And she came in and she's a completely different person today. <laughs> and I told her, I said, I don't think it has anything to do with treatment that I did. I think it's that we found a nutrient that you've been severely deficient in a long time. Um, and that's just rewarding when you're able to help them in a variety of ways. So, um, that's, what's got me fired up and getting out of bed <laughs> in the morning lately. Um, you know, this fall working with some of the football athletes uh, around the area and for the university was, was fun, but that's just, you know, it's incredibly taxing on them and it's taxing on me. It's extra hours in the office. And uh, so in some ways I'm happy that I get a little reprieve from that uh, for a couple months. So. Yeah, man. Sounds like you're being challenged. That's, I mean, to look at the whole picture of a client is uh, it's challenging because that, challenges you to upgrade your own expertise like oh i'm not just a chiropractic doctor um i'm also need to think about nutrition i also need to think about their sleep you know like someone comes in they're beat up your first question may not be like when did the pain start it might be like how's your sleep <laughs> you know and i think in some ways anybody that works in a health field whether that's training like what you're doing or medical doctor pt cairo it's like if you're going to be the best that you can be and provide the best, you know, results for your patient or athlete, there's some overlap with this stuff. It's like, and we get pigeonholed. We want to focus on, you know, for chiropractors, we want to focus just on adjusting. And I think we should own manipulation. Like I, I fully believe that, but at the same time, if all I want to do is adjust patient, I'm never going to help that gal that was vitamin D deficient like to the full extent that good. And so, you know, if you only focus on good programming, which I know you do good programming, but if you only focus on that and you ignore their mental strain or their nutrition or, you know, their player load that their coach is putting on them, then you're only going to help them to 
a certain extent and they're probably going to be at risk for, you know, injury on that. So I think that's just something that's missed. Um, and we've got to figure out a way to start breaking that mold a little bit. So. Yeah, this is fascinating stuff, man. Crazy. It's, uh, we're, we're always learning. We're always trying to get better at what we do. Um, and I feel like I've learned some good things from you today. It's just like talking about, you know, some of the initial indicators that we see in a player that shows that their readiness is down. Uh, so there's, that just takes truly being a fully engaged coach, trainer, friend, uh, you know, pr doctor, provider, whatever that is. Like if you're actively observing the person you're with as they're trying to perform, you can see if they're, you know, something's off. Uh, but it's yeah. also like a, a call to the athlete to like, let people know when something's off. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You got to break the stigma of, of it's a good thing to be aware of how your body's functioning. Now you don't want every Nick and, and scuff to be a major injury that you're sitting out two weeks. I, that's not what I'm advocating for, but um, you know, Dr. Moreau said something when I was just graduating from Cleveland that really has stuck with me. And he said, some of the patients that you will see day one will be there the rest of your career. And they may outlive you or you may outlive them, but they're going to be there your whole life. And if you knew a patient in your office was going to be there for the next 30 years and you were going to have a relationship with them uh, as a friend almost level, um, or, or at least more than just doctor patient getting to know that person, it's like, you're going to want to try and help them, you know, to the fullest extent that you can. And I think that mindset should be applied to the athletes that we work with. You know, it's like, if, if this athlete is going to become someone that I'm spending a decent amount of time around for the next three years, then I want to help them beyond giving them good strength cues or, or programming. You know, it's like, I want to help them perform in a variety of ways. So I think, uh, you know, I, that's something you do really well. Um, it's something that I think we both try and get better at and, you know, just keep figuring out different ways to apply it. Yeah, dude. So moving forward, like what, uh, what are your plans like this, this year? What, what are you trying to level up in this year? Well, I'm finishing my sports diplomate in April or well, I'm testing to finish it in April. Hopefully it's done. <laughs> and I've been working on that since uh, January, 2020. So three years now, um, I'm really excited to get that done. Uh, it, that, that course has made me more proficient at treating athletes specifically. And, um, you know, there's hundreds of hours of coursework that goes into it. There's, you know, several hundred hours um, that has to go into outside clinic experience and have to write a research article. And it, I mean, there's just been a bunch of work that's gone into it. So I'm excited to check that off. And um, honestly, getting that done and, and accomplishing that, I'm excited to start taking some new stuff. I want to do some different rehab courses this year. Um, obviously, I want to continue to do some ART courses. So um when I have the big one off the table, it frees me up to do more stuff. And I'm sure my wife will love um, going along to these seminars, whether it's Colorado or whatever. It's just kind of a couple of days away. Um, so she's yeah. always she's always excited when I want to learn because usually, you know, she's with me and she doesn't have to go sit in class. She can go do whatever she wants. Nice. <laughs> How about you? You got some travel coming up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be traveling to uh, the UK for the all England badminton tournament. So that's a, 
it's a big, big tournament in badminton world. And uh, yeah, and I'll be dropping it on the U.S. And so, but things I'm trying to to really develop and level up in uh, this year is um, I'm just continually trying to serve people in big picture. Like, yes, I got strength conditioning um, on lockdown, but I've continually been trying to level myself up and the way I see movement as a, you know, movement specialist um, to assess and be able to have like, whether it's rehab or even just like daily maintenance, you know, things that can really help move the needle forward for those athletes with what I can do within my scope, um, scope of practice. And so, yeah, like with the athletes I'm working with major things trying to, help them improve in is, is really just their, their recovery behaviors, their lifestyle outside of their sport. Um, you know, improving sleep, improving your daily maintenance, as far as like owning your own mobility, working on that every day. Um, and, uh, kind of understanding whenever you're ready to really push and when you should, uh, or when you're making a conscious decision to really push hard to increase your level of uh, performance or whenever you need to, you know, do maintenance in order to help yourself perform well consistently. So of course I'm taking right now is more on blood work, just trying to better understand labs whenever I get them. Um, So that as much as I can within my practice, I know when I need to refer out, I know when I can see signs of something going on or like, you know, whenever I can see that there's signs of significant overload, whenever we don't want that much overload, you know? Um, so I was trying to get regular blood work with athletes I'm working with. So it's upgrading yeah. the overall service. And um, I'm really excited about this year. just like growing the the number of athletes that I work with, not just within one specific sport, but multiple sports or multiple athletes around the world, being able to support them remotely uh, with high quality of service. Well, you definitely deliver on it. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get more than you can chew. That that seems to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Good. yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to be a, it's probably going to be a tipping point where it's like, I got to get some more coaches to work with me. You know, who, who wants to work with me? But <laughs> that is, that is where I am at in practice. You know, we've been blessed with another, um, you know, we have three really good, doctors including myself um on staff but it's like the need is greater than what three people can do <laughs> and right uh, is a good problem to have but it also is i don't know it makes you want to make sure that your tools are sharpened and that you're ready to go to work um that, that you're continually learning and trying to be prepared to help um beyond what you already are and and obviously you want to recruit people that are smarter than you and and it can bring different things to the table. And so that's, that's where I think we're both at. And so hopefully that all, uh, that can start falling into place really well. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see, you know, I've thought about this today, actually talking with, um, one of our clinicians, I'm excited to see what 10 years looks like and to see the quality of clinicians that I have around me. Um, because if they're good, um, I, or, expecting that's the expectation that they're good it's like i wonder how different my practice style 
And my, you know, things that I've learned basically over the next decade will be when I'm 40 something, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's exciting to think about, um, you know, micro versus macro view on that. But yeah, man, let's keep leveling up. Let's keep working at it. Um, and you know, whenever the, the world is trying to develop around us, I mean, I appreciate that we both try to stay humble and teachable and bring other smart people around us. Uh, yeah, I, I want to so. be the the least smart guy in the room. <laughs> That's You're I enjoy, little, I enjoy trying that. Trying to be a highly just, skilled. <laughs> I, I, it just allows me to be a sponge. It's like, what can I absorb? So That's amazing. Yeah, good minds around each other who are team players. It's a that's a good environment to be around. For sure. All right, man. Well, this is good. Uh, I look forward to doing more of these. And, uh, you know, if, if people want to learn more about this, have other deeper topics that they want to, to dive in on with me or Mitch, uh, specifically on these topics around rehab or ART or chiropractic or load management, anything like that, uh, give us a shot. Leave us a comment. Uh, give us a rating. And that's going to gonna help us provide better information for you. So... It was good, Mitch. We'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good one.